Hi, this is Femi Taylor. I play Ula in Return of the Jedi, Jabba the Heart's slave dancer. You're listening to The Rebel Base Card Podcast. Okay, Chop, stay here, just in case we need a backup. Hey! You found something. You found The Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Hey, how you doing? It's been a hot minute, right? Well, we have been in the middle of lots of things. I don't have to tell you if you're a Star Wars fan, lots been going on. 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. We had the 30th anniversary of Galaxy, Star Wars Galaxy by Tops. We have Joliet Star Wars Day coming up. And, of course, we had ICCC. This is the Imperial Commissary Collector's Convention, which I was invited to attend as a member of the press. And... I got a lot of stuff for you, so I'm real excited to bring you this episode. Like I said, we're kind of in between events, wanted to get this out because this is an episode that's chock full of goodness, and I'm real excited to bring this to you. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get back, and we're going to dive into this. Stay tuned. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. I hope you had a chance to check out the previous episode, uh, The Homestead Keeping, which because we had so much news and notes and little bits and bobs, uh, it really kind of justified the fact that I should make a whole episode of it. Normally, once again, they would be in the show. And a show like this, I'm also kind of going to make this really abbreviated because I want to get you into the meat of things here. Uh, but anyway, just to kind of let you know, Topps Obi-Wan Kenobi is out. It debuted on Topps Online, and it's kind of sprinkled out to some of the major players. Uh, blaster boxes, as well as hobby boxes, and some really nice tins. I've been kind of waiting to see uh, if some of those sets would kind of fall on the secondary markets, um, just because there's so much else going on. But I will be doing a episode uh, with a couple of friends who are going to help me break some of the uh, boxes that they got, and they were very nice and very generous to give me to allow me uh, to kind of watch them uh, break these things. So uh, we're gonna hopefully going to be bringing that. Uh, that show to you that's going to have a you know, bit of a review as well as uh, our kind of take on uh, how Kenobi is kind of looking. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we also, of course, have that Galaxy show. Still editing that, but that is such a large and massive show. Um, it, it's just something that's just taking a little more time. Joliet Star Wars Day, like I said in the, in the intro, uh, there's going to be some great things there. The Joliet Public Library puts this on, and it's an amazing show. It's year 12. Uh, there was kind of a couple of years break um, in the action because of COVID, but this is the thing that really is uh, a great event, uh, helpful for the city, great for the community. Yes, it's in Joliet, so it's a little out of the way for a lot of folks, but I, I've seen people come in. It's kind of the Midwest Garrison's largest, you know, get together, and they do this awesome parade where they'll kind of come down, and then they have a big group photo in front of the library. Uh, inside, you're going to have, inside the library, you're going to have a nice little artist and author alley, you know, John Jackson Miller, you know, Jim Tampa, uh, Mike Babinski, Dave Dorman is uh, is always a regular there. He's going to be there. Uh, Jamie Snell, I believe. So we're going to be covering that, uh, me and some folks from the Red 5 Network. Uh, last year, I did a nice video of the parade itself. I'm hoping to do that again, uh, maybe with a little audio commentary this time. So that's coming up just 
hours after I finish recording this and posting this. Uh, so a lot of good content to come. Like I said, it's just really tough to kind of get this out and get it edited. Um, I still would like to do a little visions commentary uh, with some friends of mine on Card Squadron. So it's going to be a busy summer, right? No, no rest for the wicked. But anyway, I just wanted to get through some of that. Uh, I know we have a Topps Chrome release that uh, I've seen now have blasters and you might be seeing that in your local Target and Walmart. So stay tuned and we'll be, like I said, posting some more information on that. You can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram. A lot of times if I get news from Tops or Tops Digital, I like reposting that in the Twitter account. I'll throw that on a hive. Uh, sometimes I'm able to get that in the reels on Instagram. So, you know, you can always follow me at Rebel Base Card and try to get the scoop. Uh, if you have a question, you can always reach out to me and uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. That's what, uh, that's what it's all about, folks. But anyway, all right. Like I said, abbreviated homestead keeping because I kind of want to get you into the meat of this. Uh, so let's start talking ICCC. Hey there, this is Ross Holliban from the Album Cockpit Podcast, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. The ICCC, or Imperial Commissary Collectors Convention, is a sci-fi and pop culture convention that brings a lot of great convention aspects in a package it's kind of easy on the budget. And move out of Nashville where they were busting at the seams and they landed at this Farm Bureau Expo Center just east of the airport in the city of Lebanon, which is now where you find the uh, Tennessee State Fair. The Expo Center, formerly the Wilson County Expo, this is like a 275-acre complex that allowed this hotel-bound convention room to grow, having a large center complex, and that's where you're going to see your vendors, artists, droid and prop builders, as well as large convention set pieces, uh, separate areas for large celeb auto and picture seekers, plus whole buildings that were devoted to panels. Uh, there was a podcast building. Uh, there were covered areas for live bands. It had a ton of food trucks. And, well, there was a demolition derby and helicopter rides. Uh, I don't think you'd see anything like that at Celebration. Michael Havens, uh, who you're going to hear from later in the show, he's from the Imperial Commissary, uh, he's made it a point to stay an independent show that kind of hones in on making a fun and affordable one for kind of all parties involved, vendors, you know, fans and whatnot. Uh, but being a non-corporate show doesn't mean that corners were cut from how the show was run from the entertainment to security and, and all this. So it felt like a large con without having that large con price tag. I was able to get a press badge from him, which gave me some access to the Friday VIP day and was able to talk to a lot more people. You know, good and bad for me as far as like making more work. But um, over the three days, I had a chance to kind of talk to a lot of folks. I had a chance to watch the Ghost Crew reunion panel that had five voice talents from Rebels. And this was Taylor Gray, right? Ezra, Tia Sarkar, you know, Sabine, Vanessa Marshall, Hera, Steve, why am I telling you who they are? You know who, you know who Steve Bloom is. And Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, uh, who did Governor Price. And I was like, wow, it's the first time I've, I've seen her. Um, and it was really, it was really cool. Great panel. Um, I got to watch part of an interview with Ian McDermott over at the podcast stage, literally like walked right past me. It was like, whoa, uh, you know, so this is the kind of thing you'll see at a convention like this. You're just going to be very much closer to a lot more folks than you're kind of used to. Uh, 
But like I said, um, I'll just go down just very briefly. I don't want to do the entire celebrity guest list, but just to kind of give you an idea. Um, once again, Ian McDermott. I don't need to introduce him. John Reese davies from uh, the Indiana Jones franchise. Really cool. Uh, Deborah Ann Wall, Charlie Cox, Vincent Dionafrio, and a couple others from Daredevil. So you had that cast there, and they had some nice group photos as well. Uh, we had other voice actors, Kenner toy designers, uh, a bunch of folks that kind of ran the gamut, which is really nice. And if you heard in the intro, yes, I am kind of bearing the lead a bit. Um, I got to meet Femi Taylor, and it was nice because on Friday... You know, right, as things were winding down, you're kind of going through. This kind of had that Huntsville Comic Con feel where the celebrities, uh, some of the celebrities were out uh, in the expo room itself. And so, you know, they're they're pretty, like, right along the aisles. And so, you know, hey, you could say hi and so forth like that. And all of them had different, you know, prices and so forth. Um, so I had a chance to talk to Femi Taylor because I'd heard her on the Fanta Tracks Making Tracks episode of Star Wars Fan Fun Day that was in Blackburn, England. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, you know, wow, it's like, Two weeks ago, I'm hearing you on this, and so we, we struck up a, just a nice brief conversation, and it was getting near the end of the day, so I'm like, hey, I'd like to come back. You know, I'm not quite sure whether I want to do an auto or a selfie or a picture or whatnot, uh, but something I saw there was like, hey, could you could do a voice thing, and I was like, all right, I'm going to kind of, you know, bookmark that for later, so I went, when I went back the next day, I was like, hey, you know, it'd be great. I'd love to have an auto. I'd love to have a picture. I need to get one of those pictures. It's one of the things I've said. It's kind of on my convention bucket list, but I was like... Would you be interested in doing a promo? So, you know, yes, I uh, I was able to, you know, instead of like buying the auto or buying the buying the picture, I bought the audio. And I've seen, you know, James Arnold Taylor and some other voice actors, you know, offer this before. And so it was a great way to kind of like test waters going, you know, when you're talking about like buying audio, what are you actually getting? Uh, can you do this? And so I thought it would be fun. Uh, and a nice, this is kind of a nice, nice collectible that I can kind of share, not just with myself, but everybody else. And so, uh, yes, I'll be playing that, that one a lot, <laughs> but it was fun. She couldn't have been nicer. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was that kind of show that you could have, uh, you know, a few minutes and, uh, it, it was a nice encounter. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, I would want everybody to kind of have, you know, yes, at larger shows, sometimes you kind of get, you know, put through like an assembly line and that's just the nature of the game. But a lot of times these smaller shows, you get a little more time and it, it was really, really fun. I liked it. Um, so yes, did I have a good time? I don't think I have to explain that either. Um, like I said, we had gotten, uh, friends and I got an Airbnb, which kind of allowed everybody to kind of pursue their own bucket list of items. Uh, we could go in multiple cars. We could relax later and kind of get ready for the next day. And I think that just with the number of guests that kind of ran the gamut, everybody kind of had a chance to have their own show, but still kind of get together at the end of the day. And I know a lot of people stayed, you know, there was hotels all over the place and people had a good time. And so I think, just because it didn't feel like a major city con where, you know, you, you know, it was like you had to kind of deal with traffic and how am I getting from here to there? Um, I, I think it kind of, you know, lent itself to being kind of a show where everybody kind of like could relax a little bit and just kind of have a, a good time. All right. And of course, you know, there's stuff there to buy. It's a toy show, right? So had a chance to kind of add to the collection. I was looking for a Darth Vader case. Yes, I got a Darth Vader Kenner case. Um, it wasn't exactly the one I was looking for, but I, since I have been picking up some Kenner figures, uh, I want a case for him, and I wanted a Kenner case for him. So it was kind of fun, and I, like I said, I might be trying to find another one that's a little nicer. Maybe the stickers are kind of where I want it. 
Uh, but this is a nice, something definitely to tide me over until I find that. But it was kind of fun. And yes, uh, you know, got traded some swag as well. I, I love these, you know, they had some patch uh, chases, which were really cool. I only had a couple of those, but uh, pretty, pretty dope. Um, and if you're familiar with the podcast, you know the kind of show this is going to be. So we're going to have a lot of folks uh, with short interviews because, you know, at a con like this, people got stuff to do. Uh, and especially if they're working the booth, uh, this is not a time for uh, like 20 questions. Uh, so a lot of us just kind of get the vibe of it and uh, just kind of meet and greet. Um, it was really, it was really fun. And so let me go through, let me go through this list, and this will kind of give you an idea who's in this show. We have uh, Tim Hebel. He is a droid builder, and if you catch the YouTube channel, um, he's in that. He did a very cool chopper. R5 and B2 EMO. And uh, in the video, if you go on the YouTube channel, you can see his controller, which was amazing. And you can demonstrate that a little bit. Uh, and the chopper gave out cards. It was amazing. It, no, it's not in the video. I, I, was, I was stunned and I didn't get it on there, but uh, the droids gave out cards. I mean, what more could you want? Uh, we have Daffo from the Derby City Veteran Garage Props. And like I said, if that sounds familiar, Don West we spoke to way back in episode 11 um, because they did the Rogue One tank, which was at Joliet Star Wars Day in 2019. It was back again. The nice thing about this Expo Hall is they had these huge doors, and so they were able to get all these enormous props in there, plus some of the other vehicles that were there that were not affiliated with them, but you had like, you know, had a Ninja Turtles vehicle, you had a Jeep, you, you know, it's like the, I think the Nashville Predators had a bounce house in there. It was enormous, but that was the kind of nice thing. Everybody could get that stuff in there and I'm sure it made it easier for everybody to assemble their stuffs. All right. Brian Ramsdale, and he's from the Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club and also the Star Wars Collector Podcast. I follow them. I'm a Patreon uh you know, member of theirs. Uh, they do these really cool custom cards. Really nice to meet them. Brian was very nice. That The whole table was nice. Um, and so you'll hear from them. Uh, a few tops artists, because hello, this is a card podcast. Uh, Kevin Cleveland, ooh, back in episode 19, we had him on. Go back, check out the catalog. There's some good stuff in my catalog. Um, so tops artist, Kevin Cleveland, Andrew Perkins and Corey Payne, uh, those last two I got to meet for the first time. Really nice fellows. They've been working hard on some sets. We'll talk to them just briefly. Uh, once again, Michael Havens uh, gave me some great access uh, to kind of sit down and talk with him. Super busy guy. Uh, what a, you know, amazing job he's done. But uh, I love the focus. You know, we were there sitting there and uh, it's, it's a great, great, great interview. Uh, Corey Club, you know, Corey Club from Coffee with Kenobi. You know, for, you know, co-founder of, uh, you'll hear him on the CWK pour over. And I said one half of, and Dan, I'm going to apologize right there. I know Tom Gross. So it's like a threesome. It's not a twosome, but uh, forgive me, it was in the moment. So no, no slight to Tom or anything like that. So, uh, but him, he was there with his uh, boys, Wesley and Noah, and they had a nice group photo with Charlie Cox and uh, had a chance to catch up with him after that photo and talk with him a bit. Um, I always like seeing, it's like seeing family down there, right? Uh, we have Mark and Jennifer Truax. Now, these are patch collectors out of Florida. They're with the Florida Garrison of the 501st. Uh, but Mark had this amazing case full of patches, and he was at a booth I was at, and I'm like, I got to ask you how, you, how how do you sort and collect your patches? And it was always fun because, you know, if you've been around this game, if, you, if you've done conventions, you've seen patches. Um, this is something that I've always kind of been interested in. So a uh, great little talk with them. 
Brent Thompson from the Nashville Wampas. This is a club hockey team that has a really dope jersey. It has a big wampa on it, you know, like light blue. Uh, they were selling some swag. They were kind of talking about themselves. They had some custom cards, and so I got a chance to talk with Brent. Um, he kind of runs that, that outfit, and so real nice guy. Alex Salazar, now he was next to the Tops booth there, or the Tops, you know, the Tops artists there, you know, um, Corey and Andrew. And he had these really amazing photos. He takes some these really dramatic photos of uh, mostly Black Series photos. And it, it, nice getting a chance to chat with him for a little bit. Uh, really kind of cool. Um, those photos were amazing. Like I said, the podcast, my voice can't do those those photos justice. But I hope you enjoy that bit right there. We also have uh, Dan and Wendy Adam. Uh, this was a couple. And Dan was an author. And Wendy had a great, this, this great, it, I almost can't describe it. She had stationery, she had candles and things, all the Star Wars themed stuff. Uh, it was really cool, and we had a chance to talk with them. Um, it, you know, it was his kind of his like third appearance uh, at, at a con, and he was selling books. And actually, he had had a had a good uh, had, had a good con. Uh, I, I think he, you know, it's it's always fun when you talk to folks, and then you can kind of check back with them and see how they're doing. And so it was always fun to kind of go past their table and kind of say hi, because like you know, once you kind of introduce yourself and you're going back, you know, a lot of times you'll make laps of these conventions, and it's always easier when it's someone you know, and you can say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, you you know, you getting some water? Are you doing all right? How, you, you know, how, how many books you sell today? And so it was it was kind of fun to check them with them. Uh, Adam Gage from the Hyperspace Heroes podcast. Now, like I said, the the podcast, they had their own building. And uh, this eclectic collective podcast, this kind of group, was kind of running the show. One of the nicest podcast areas I've seen. They had this really cool table. It was a round table. It had microphones. It had cameras on it. Uh, they had this, you know, whole little operator. And they were they had a whole schedule, you know, all day, every day. Of, of the con and uh, it was nice and then they had a place there that podcasts could have their table set up and so that was just one of the podcasts I got a chance to talk to unlike celebration which I, I kind of like camp there I, I was kind of moving around so I'm hoping in the future I can uh, you know, get a little more foothold in there and talk with some of the folks but you know they were pulling in celebrities you know I, like I said I saw Ian McDermott there uh, Deborah Ann Wall there so everybody had a chance to kind of come by and get their interviews and I know a lot of them I think made it on the ICC uh, C site so you can check out their YouTube page um, but it was really cool. I mean, I think that's also where you'll find the, the panels as well. All right. And we also have Todd and Logan Couch. Uh, these folks were in line ahead of us. And this father and son team, they did this uh, Mando cosplay. Really good. I thought they were part of the Mercs. Um, but yeah, their costumes right up there. And, and they had all the great accessories and the noises and all that. And it was kind of fun because when you're kind of waiting in line, it's kind of like making friends, right? And so, you know, our group was there. And, you know, I can't get more than two sentences into somebody. I'm like, I'm just going to record this. Uh, and it, it did not disappoint. Uh, they got a chance to talk about their outfits and what they've done. And uh, it, it was a blast. All right. And I think we kind of end up tonight with Mark Draven. Uh, he is a part of this Ink Fusion Empire. Now, they did have a tattoo booth at this con. He was not running that. He was kind of just there just because he digs toys. And uh, I think some of that interview I'm going to save for another day because uh, we've gotten some really cool nuts and bolts stuff. Um, but it was just kind of nice to kind of pick his brain about, you know, uh, we had mentioned, you know, Ross Holliban from, uh, from Fanthatrax and the album Cockpit podcast was with us as well as, you know, as the Daft Bronze and whatnot. But um, he, you know, his, that group had done 
uh, Ross's tattoo. He has this really great tattoo of K2SO, and he'd really kind of want me to meet Mark. And, you know, it was nice. We had, we had a few minutes, uh, got a selfie and whatnot. So kind of nice to end up with that. And so, you know, I've already forgotten this list that I've gone through. It's amazing. I'm, I'm glad you're still here with me after this. So, yes, uh, we're going to get into these interviews. They're, like, nice and small. It's going to give you a flavor of what's going on. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it was fun putting this together, and uh, it was so much fun being down there, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. This is Mark Mulcaster from fan for tracks and you are listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. We're in attack position now, sir. Hold here. We're not going to attack. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned for him. We only need to keep him from escaping. I would have to say that's the most fully functional chopper I've ever seen, and the first one I ever saw that gave out cards. Can you talk about not just that insight, but building chopper in general? Yeah, so chopper, obviously from Star Wars Rebels, um, was originally one of those phantom drawers nobody could build because it was so hard, so difficult. And then back about March of 2020, something happened in the world, and all of a sudden everyone had a lot of time. So I started working on building modifications to a file files from a, a guy named Michael Badley, who's in uh, England. And the first thing I wanted to do was add the ability for him to do what's called the Rick Wave, where he moves his hands. Oh, wow, uh, so the hands moving out front. Yeah, so the uh, hands doing this. <laughs> All three, wow. So his hands moving forward like that was a major engineering challenge because I actually had to build bearings into the 3D print. Wow. So, because there's no room in there for that to happen. And then I uh, designed these tools with an actual spinning saw. Yeah. It's coming out, wow. Yeah, so you see the saw spins. He's got a, a data probe right. that all the droids have. And then his signature move is he has a rocket that he flies around. And he runs on two legs. Wow. And his head wiggles back and forth. And so you that runs from that controller, those controllers there? Uh, yeah, so right now I'm, I'm actually operating three droids. So this is just the chopper controller. It's a PlayStation controller. runs on Bluetooth. has a 100-meter range, so I can control this whole building by standing here. Wow. I don't get that far away from my droids generally, but <laughs> um, I can. And then here we have R5, and he's got the signature move of the bad motivator. Yeah, I saw that, and he billows smoke. That's amazing. Yeah, and you notice his head kind of moves by itself, so he's got something called Romadome in it, which has a, a barcode with an eyeball that looks at it so it knows where his head is, and it moves randomly, and it kind of ends up forward. Wow. And this guy here is... Oh, yeah, the third droid. Over. Yeah, so he's from Star Wars Visions, and uh, his name is Arduo. It's from one episode called The Twins, and there's only, literally, that episode is his only source material, but he was such a cool droid, and I wanted to do, when you have all these droids, you want to do the other, something that doesn't exist yet. So this is the one and only Arduo in the world Wow. right now, although... There's someone else who I, I gave them the file, so they built a second one, and it's going to be in DroidCon next week. So we're going to have the two R duos only in the world. Wow. But he's kind of special because he's got all these things that other droids don't do, 
Um, most of it, he's part art, uh, mouse droid. <laughs> and part R2-D2. And, as it turns out, he's intergalactic dance machine. <laughs> so his head articulates on a two-axis gimbal, so he can kind of, you know, rap along with the music. His, uh, since he's Japanese-based, his helmet opens up like a, a, a Japanese uh, samurai helmet. And when he's finished, he'll also give out cards. If you look here, the uh, that's a card dispenser slot. So, What gave you the idea for the uh, card slot? I saw that in Chopper. Well, um, a lot of people have trading cards for their droids, like baseball cards. Right. And, well, what's a better way to get one of them than to have the droid hand it to him himself? So I'm not the first person to put a card dispenser in a droid. But I did design it, and it's 3D printable, so you can literally download this, 3D print it out, and there you go. You got your own uh, car dispenser. It'll fit in any one of these droids. What I absolutely love about that, not just because I'm a card guy and I have a card podcast, but the fact that one, it's on, it's on kids level. Yeah. But two, most of the time you're worried about like people coming up and start handling. This almost begs a little interaction with Absolutely. some Absolutely. I don't mind people touching the droids. It's the pull, poke, and twist. <laughs> um, but if they come up, they will love, They'll the kids love to touch things. It's not real till they touch it. So Chopper, in particular, is designed with magnets of anything that's going to cause problems. So um, same thing with our duo here. If you look at his panels, if you grab them, they're all held on with magnets, and they come oh, right off. that's brilliant. So they're all con-friendly and kid-friendly, and especially these kid-sized droids. you, you got to expect they're going to touch them. So this is not your first rodeo with cons, but as far as ICCC? First time I'm here. Where are you out of? Uh, Dover, Delaware. So um, we go to Dragon Con every year, and this year uh, we said, you know what? Dragon Con's 12 hours. This is only 11 hours. So our local droid radius is 12-hour drive, so we're doing uh, ICCC this weekend. Next weekend, we're going to go straight from here, uh, spend two days here, maybe go to the Parthenon, which is in Nashville, and then head up to uh, Indianapolis and do DroidCon. So we're on a two-week road trip with our droids. Oh, that's great. And what, you know, with a day like today, it's VIPs and the press who were able to get in. So how has it been so far today? I know we're about halfway through the day. It's been kind of pleasantly slow and it's nice when you can interact with people and, and uh, spend time talking f with folks because most people look at the droid oh wow that's cool and they're on their way they, they, they take it in may take a picture of it but they don't interact but then there's the folks who want to interact and when it's really busy you don't have time to, to service everybody and next thing you know people go away and they didn't they don't know what magic they just missed out on right. particularly the little kids who were they look over and that's R2D2 or that's chopper that's real to them um, so that's actually what keeps me coming back is the interaction with the people and it's nice when you get to do that on a, on a frequent basis we get them out of the house as often as we can all right and just while we uh, wrap up here because I want to let you get back to a uh, chopper and our duo and R5D4 which are amazing uh, where can people find you and or the droid builders uh, the droid builders the kind of the ground base there is astromech.net and you sign an NDA saying, I'm not going to sell these droids because Lucasfilm and Disney let you build these things, but not for or profit. Only entertainment, charity, and education. Anything that's not for profit. So you sign the saying, I won't build droids for profit. And then you get kind of access to a 20-year history of uh, just an immense database of stuff because it's a, a forum. A um, 
smaller version of that and just the printed version is Michael or Mr. Badley's printed droids on Facebook. There's about 24,000 people in the group. Still a big group, but um, it's frequented and it's very, uh, like if you ask a question, you're going to get an answer. And it's not going to be, oh, read the directions as your answer. They'll actually answer your question. That's so nice. that's where I hang out most. But I also have a YouTube channel. It's a T QR code. <laughs> yeah. T-H-E-E-E-B-E-L on Yahoo. It's The Ebel, which is a horrible name. But it's a play on my last name. And someone took my Ebel, which is usually my handle. So I'm The Ebel. T-H-E-E-E-B-E-L. And it's me just building droids. I'm not... Hey, welcome back. Like and subscribe. None of that. It's just me building droids, and you can see my process as I go through my failures and uh, do assembly videos and stuff when it does work, like how to build the car dispensers on my YouTube channel, as an example. But uh, it's small. Not I'm not going to take over the world with my YouTube channel, but it's a resource that if you're interested in learning how to build droids, there's a lot of good, oh, how-to videos and where to start videos. Excellent. Tim, thank you so much for talking to me today, and good luck at the uh, con. Oh, thank you. Nice meeting you. My name is Daffo. This is our Star Wars prop group. Um, we have the tank from Rogue One. Um, we have a tattooing system with the Dubex. Um, we've got a Mandalorian in front of it with like a fire pit, which I think is really cool. They're roasting something. Um, we have one sixteenth scale of an ATST or a chicken walker. Uh, we call her Tiffany. She was the first prop built. Nice. Uh, she's really awesome. Um, and then we have the Endor wall behind me. Um, it is, I want to say full scale. And then in front of the uh, bunker wall, we have two, t the twins, we call them the twins, but they're two speeder bikes. Uh, one is Jade, one is Jasmine. Um, you can ride them, they're pretty awesome. And then we also have the cannon. And then that's our display. So you were saying before, this is your first time with this, this group? This is my first time actually like working the booth, but I've definitely like helped with this group. I remember when the, um, I went to the first con that Tiffany premiered at. So I've, I've been here since with them for a while, but like this is my first time actually like working, working with the group. And so the, the shirt that you're wearing, I usually yes. see it on folks. So can you describe the group and what did you do to get that? Yeah, totally. So these are called racing shirts. Um, we wear them all the time. They're like our little like swag thing that we like to do. Um, our group is called the Derby City Veteran Garage Props. We just went through like a name merge and everything. So it's just like trying to remember it. It's like, wait a second. Okay, it's this. And where are you out of? Um, we are out of Kentucky, actually. So. This is probably, probably took one of the longest setups in here. Can you talk about getting this stuff down here and getting it set up? Yeah, How totally. hard was that? So I actually wasn't here for the setup, unfortunately. I had to work last night. It was really grueling. Um, but I know that they were here for, since it, basically the first, they were the first ones here and they just blocked the door. They said, this is our area that we have priority. We need to get in here. Um, they said in our chat, it took them like 13 hours to get set up. Wow. And then at the end of the night, um, they said it'll take like 13 hours to get set up. And then once the con ends, it'll take us like three to put up. The other thing I think you have to like is the fact that this con, unlike others, a lot of outdoor areas, oh, yeah. a lot of easy ways to get down, to get this stuff in here. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm kind of looking and I see like a big garage door oh, yeah. behind where the tank That's came really in. That's really nice. That probably had to we, give the folks a Oh of yeah, they get to just pull the trailer right up to those garage doors and we can just slide it all out into our area. Especially since we're the first ones here, nobody else was set up yet. So we just like roll, they probably just rolled it out. And you kind of being up front, is this what kind of going to be where you're going to be at? Oh yeah, totally. They have me on door all weekend. So I get to welcome everyone and be like, hey guys, what's up? You guys want to get some photos? 
free. If not, we um, take donations for Norton Children's Hospital, and we're raffling off this baby, uh, baby Grogu. Um, if you donate money, then we'll put your name and phone number on the raffle, and we'll raffle it off on Sunday. And just so folks can find you and find this organization online, if they are not here at ICCC, yeah. where can they find you? Um, we have a Facebook and I believe an Instagram and the same name, Derby City Veteran Garage Props. <laughs> it's a long name. <laughs> we'll workshop. I'm still getting used to it a little bit. So. Right. Well, Daphne, thank you very much. And yeah, thanks no for problem. walking me through all no this. No problem. So I'm over here with the Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club, and I do see another podcast t-shirt which is like how we find podcasts, is how we find each other. But you folks are behind some really nifty custom cards. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of what brings you here and then maybe we can talk about the cards for just a second? Yeah, well, I, uh, this is my third Imperial Commissary Collectors Convention that I've been to. It's just one of those things where I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I heard about it and I was like, I've got to go to this convention. Plus it's only like a five hour drive, so it's not very far. And so it's just one of those things where I like it and been coming ever since three years ago. For someone who's new like me, what is it about this con that you like and what could be maybe a little different about this one? Well, if you've not been to ones before, this one is much different. This one is much bigger than it has been in the past. In the past, it's been in the small like hotel convention center where this one, the vendor hall is probably like five times as big as what we had before. And plus, they've got so many other buildings with so many other things, and it's just one of those things where it's a close convention. That's one of the main things because it's close. You know, I don't have to drive very far. It's less than a day drive, and there's a lot of things that I like about looking and finding new stuff that I collect because you know I collect all different kinds of things. And then I brought my wife and son with me this you know this time. My wife came with me the last couple of times, but now my son got to come because he's out of school. Most of the time he's been in school when they've had it. So now he's got a chance to come and see it and he loves it. What's gonna be the mission of the club here at their booth during ICCC? Mainly it's just to get new members to tell people about who, you know, who we are, get more people to see that, hey, we do have a, you know, a club. Cause I've talked to people, you know, that didn't know we had a club. And the club's been around now for 20 years. Wow. So they didn't know. So we just keep trying. We keep trying to put the name out there and let people know that we have have one, have a have a place to come because we've got three different uh, like areas. We have Ashland, Kentucky, Lexington, and also Louisville. All three of those areas have their separate meetings, and then three times a year we get together with the whole club and do different things. Like we'll have uh, sales. You know, we can have some kind of you know stuff where you just come just come and bring your stuff you have for sale. And then we have an auction which makes the money for the club, so we get to do our our stuff like go to other conventions and then we have our fall festival which is one of those things where everybody you know gets together you know has fun you know we have special guests sometimes and and, all, and uh, lots of food it probably also has to be hard to be in probably the biggest star wars toy box uh this side of you know the old-fashioned kenner what is it something like you that you you come looking for stuff and what do you have your eyes on already? It gets to the point sometimes where, yeah, for, for vintage stuff, because that, that's that's my main thing is vintage stuff. You know, I do collect a lot of modern, because I have every figure with the exception of Sis From and Tig From, and then I've got pieces that I'm missing. So, like, I need the staff of the Ewoks cartoon Wicket, and also the pop-up saver for the R2-D2 from the droids line. So it's one of those things where I'm looking for those, but... The man, they're really expensive. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger because it's just so much money. Talk to me a little about, about the uh, Star Wars Collector podcast and what happens there. All right, so it's something I come up with uh, about six and a half years ago now. It was just after The Force Awakens came out, like a week after that me and a buddy of mine decided to do it. And then later on, we added another friend. So, you know, me and Carl was doing it for a long time. And then we asked Dwayne, who's been on there several times as a guest, to be part of the podcast as well. And it's just one of those things I wanted to talk about it. And he wanted to, too. So I was like, well, let's do it. You know, so it's just, that's how it happened. And then lastly, on these cards, I love getting them in, in the mail. They just, it's fun. They just kind of show up. And I'm just like, oh, this is cool. Someone who makes custom cards. It's near and dear to my heart. Can you talk a little about how, how you guys come up with them and what's the goal? Yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, well, I want to do something for the Patreons to give them something, you know, because we don't always do special podcasts. It's a lot, it's a lot about having time to do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and do this. So it, it, it was all me. I, I'm the one to come up with it. I'm the one that, that does it. And I did it in Photoshop, you know, took the pictures of the of, these are all my my figures that I'm taking pictures of with the exception of Leia because at the time my Leia didn't have a cape so ah, I, okay. I took Dwayne's Leia and took a picture of it so he's one of the uh, the other podcast members and I was like this was even before he was on the podcast as a full-time member so you know, it's just one of those and then I, I come up with all the, st the stats on the back I was like what do I put on the back I don't want it to be blank so I, I looked up every single version that I knew of and put, you know, like, you know, it's a 12 back, you know, uh, a 77, you know, or, or 91, whatever the, the, the numbers are for each individual version. And then with the, the extras for some of the Patreon members, like the higher up tiers, I gave them, uh, you know, different versions, like the Luke with blonde hair. Well, and then I went with Luke brown hair also and gave them that. And the same thing with Ben Kenobi with the white hair, gray hair, Han big Han, you know, head, little small head, stuff like that, just so they could have extras. That's awesome. And where can people find us and support the podcast and the Kentucky Star Wars Club? Well, it's the Star Wars Collector Podcast. You can look, you know, on the StarWarsCollector.com or on Facebook.com slash the Star Wars Collector Podcast. Uh, on Patreon, we're on there. Just look up the Star Wars Collector Podcast. And the Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club, we're on uh, Facebook.com slash KSWCC. And we have, a, we have a website, but we don't really do anything on there much anymore. Uh, can, uh, I think it's KSWCC.com. Uh, it's been a while since I've even been on there, so I can't remember what it is now. Um, but, yeah, if you're in Kentucky and you're in Ashland or Lexington or Louisville or anywhere close, uh, you know, you, you can be a member even if you're in Paducah, you know, just anywhere in Kentucky. Uh, you can become a member, join us, you know, for the, the big events if you can't find, uh, or if you got enough people in your area in Kentucky, like let's say you live in Paducah and you've got 20 friends, well, we can, you know, just make that another area, you know, make it another one of the, the areas in our club. So I think that's a call to action to Paducah. To kind of get get it get with the plan, because they're yeah they are quite a bit further away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to come from Paducah to Ashland for an event would be like seven hours or more. So yeah, it, it's pretty far. Alrighty, and lastly, I just want to say thank you and good luck on the con and the podcast. Hi, this is Colby Mead from the Colby Cast, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid.
Kevin, you've been after me for a while to get my butt down to Tennessee and see this. And even though we are on the VIP day, uh, it's not as packed. You just said now this time tomorrow we'll not be able to make that same claim. I'm really impressed of what I've seen so far. But can you talk to me about, you know, to get here and what are you expecting in this madness? Oh, uh, I mean, this this show here in Nashville, well, outside of Nashville now, has just grown exponentially year after year after year. It gets better every year. It started in a building that was basically, I don't know if it was a livestock auction building or a rodeo uh, theater kind of thing, whatever. Uh, it grew into, from there, into a hotel, like a whole conference hotel, and it outgrew that, and now we're taking over, you know, three miles worth of fairgrounds, basically. Um, the vendor room here, currently, that we're sitting in, is bigger than the whole convention last year. Just this room, you could have fit the whole convention in this room from last year. Amazing guests, uh, great vendors, everyone I've talked to is great, all the staff's great, uh, Mike that runs the show is amazing, I hope you do get to talk to him this weekend. Um, I don't. I, 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 I can never say enough about this show, I think it's a great show, it, it just is. Now, you know, when we last met, we were at the, you know, the, you know, the Chicago non-sport card show, and compared to this, you know, like, uh, one of the smallest, you know, venues, but, you know, highly concentrated to a toy show. I'm interested in how you kind of either spin your booth or what are your expectations for how you deal, you know, deal with your art in a toy show. Uh, so that is, it's always a little bit of a, a, a little tough, let's just put it that way. But, um... I spin it where I, I try to make the experience at my booth uh, good for everyone. I have art, uh, I have branched into pins and buttons and patches, a little more crafty stuff, and then I do also bring actual toy product. Typically I have, like this year I have the spin wheel, so I have, you know, spin the wheel, make the deal, take your pick <laughs> from the table kind of stuff. And you just try to make it interactive, uh, try to make it something to where people want to come. And even if they don't buy anything and they're just here for conversation, you know, it's always great. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got very, very lucky that two years ago, Mike uh, approached me and had me do the, um, the badge art. So I'm somewhat known at least now for that. So even though people may be here for toys, they know my name for this show and they come to me because they're like, you're the guy. I, I signed two badges, two of my badges from two years ago today. Wow. Yeah, which is just awesome. I love it. And that's what I kind of like. I think the, the fact about this, this con is, is that, you know, they want to keep it independent. They want to keep it, you know, inexpensive. Yes. You know, you've got the free parking, you've got the campground. I mean, I think this is something that probably only a con like this could pull off because they really just want to have people come here and take advantage not only the space inside but outside as well oh I com completely agree uh, the way Michael and all his uh, I'm gonna say cohorts you know um, do this and put it together yeah it's I mean it's all like money wise and whatever it's all Mike Mike is like the driving force and everybody that I'm just gonna say helps Mike because they are I would consider them like full full staff uh, they all do it on a volunteer basis because they they love this show too. You know, this is Mike just takes a ton of money and puts this together. And I know for a fact for the first three or four years at least, 
Um, he was negative at the end. But you got You have to assume that that's going to happen. Even start if you start a new business for the first three to five years, you're not profitable. That's just how it is. And he doesn't mind that because he loves this culture. This 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 uh, community, this culture, is something he thrives on, and it's something that everyone here also thrives on. So it's it's the biggest friendly neighborhood that you could ever want. And just kind of lastly, because I do want to get you back to this, and I know it's like kind of exhausted after setup. Everybody kind of has it look like, is it six yet? Because um, you have to save your energy, right? Oh, you have yeah. to save your energy for tomorrow. Uh, what are some things maybe, do you have anything in the pipeline? I know you can't talk about future stuff, but are there things that you're excited about that you say like, I'm working on something, but I can't tell you. Can you uh, say that? Actually, as of right now, I, I do have a few uh, card sets um, for Tops and the Star Wars brand that I am currently working on, but nothing super secret or anything like that. Uh, as for live events, uh, I really toned down this year a bit, been focusing on home stuff and things like that. Uh, so I got this show, and then I have a few um, horror-themed conventions I'm doing later in the year, and that's that's really it. I, I've kind of I've kind of pulled back a little bit, just to as you said, recharge and gain some energy back up from the last couple years of going as hard as I went. Uh, it's so nice to not only see you tonight, but it's going to be nice because it's like you're going to be a in a place where I can pass you several times tomorrow and say hi. So it's nice to come to a new place, but see old friends. Where can people find you online? So that way, if they can't be here, and he's reaching. Yeah, I'm terrible with these. So easiest way, facebook.com backslash Cleveland's with an S dot art. Uh, Instagram is the real Kevin B. Cleveland. I do have an Etsy shot, or you can just go to www.artofkevinbcleveland.com. And uh, yeah, you can email me, find me. If I don't have something on one website, it's on another website. And if you're looking for something that I don't have, I can make it. I love it. Kevin, great talking to you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Always good talking to you, too. Hey, Michael, in listening to some of the podcasts and you know putting this together, I am amazed of the passion. I'm also amazed of like the effort to get this because it's like single-mindedness or bust trying to get something that everybody can go to and all I do is hear you time and time again talk about you want to make this a place for families a place for that's inexpensive but it seems to me it's like it's like you're creating you created your own paradise yeah that's what I was going for honestly man I went to a lot of conventions I've gone to a lot of conventions and uh, there was always things missing whether it was a VIP experience or the community aspect or the I don't know, man. If you're going to walk by and you happen to see John Rhys-Davies going, walking by, you're okay and you could take a picture. I'm not going to have guys tackle you. I never really understood that issue. And uh, I kind of do because it's business. You know, people do business and they want to make money. But luckily, I have a trucking company in real life and that's why this craziness can happen. I mean, there is no upside to having a helicopter besides we have a helicopter, <laughs> which is awesome, you know. Well, and also in looking at like the demolition derby, you've got food trucks, there is live bands. You know, I think if anyone's going to take advantage of the space, I think it when you're talking about like, you know, the, the pitch that I see is it's the future of conventions. But I also think it's something that 
weather permitting, you might have really hit on, 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 the, on the thing that's going to make something like this click, especially in a new venue this year. Right. Yeah, I love the new venue. It's given us a lot of room to grow, a lot of room to do line control and stuff like that. We sold out last year, shoot, at like 1 o'clock, and we had to shut the doors and everything because there were just too many people in the building. Um, so this new place, it allows us to grow. It allows us to have more fun options because here's the hook we're not really trying to make it so you can find the best collectibles we're not trying to we're trying to make it so the imperial commissary can have a really cool garden party with all their friends and that garden party or backyard grilling out you know it's gotten so big that now we import the food trucks and now we have the helicopters and now we have tons of vendors but back in the day this all started with 15 people in a comic book shop in kentucky eating little caesars and watching a movie so just keep at it so talk about how big, uh, how big is your staff for this? Uh, the staff, I, I, oof, that's horrible. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, the wonderful thing is, is even people that aren't staff always help out. Um, I can tell you for a fact, I'm paying for 97 hotel rooms a night. Wow. So there's, I'd say about 150 people that make this show run. You're in year five. What are some of the things that you have picked up from years one to four that five has gone hey we're gonna this this time we got this down uh lines people lines are tough so we're trying to avoid them as best as we can i mean when you have tons and tons of people there's nothing you can do but we try to move them quickly also um security has always been a very important part of what we do and the reason why is because I don't know. We're, we're a family-friendly convention made by a bunch of friends that just make something. There is no corporate overlord. So even though we have the proper insurances to have 1-800 security, we don't do that. We, we want it to be safe because we have to sleep at night. You know what I mean? So we really put in that extra effort. And I think people are really finally starting to see it because you can walk around. And I'm sorry, I, I don't know, man. I come from an old-school Roman Catholic family. And... Uh, you're not supposed to look at half of the stuff that's like in most <laughs> conventions, you know? And I, I, I remember being a kid, and the reason why I love Star Wars is because it reminds me of being a kid, and I don't remember being a kid and being into half of the, I don't know, inappropriate stuff, let's say, that's out there. I mean, everybody can collect what they want to collect, and I fully support that. Uh, I don't know, what do they always say at the end of the night at a bar? They say, you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> so uh, that's what we try to do. I mean, there were a couple vendors. They were sweethearts, though. They had some inappropriate stuff, and we had those pulled last night. And it just happens because that's the way this whole world is going. Um, but we have this little pocket. We have the little pocket of the IC groups where you're not allowed to cuss each other out, and you're supposed to play friendly and nice to people. And that has translated into real life, which is not only shocking, but in this day and age, it's... There's nowhere else that's like this. And also, I think it says a lot that the celebrity guests that I saw, I ducked in that room, and there's Ian McDermott, and you see right. all that down, and you've got the cast of Daredevil here, amongst others, that they want to come back. I mean, everybody could probably get them once. Yeah. But when you get folks kind of coming back, they must feel like this is a nice place a safe space and a good place for them to kind of work out of because they're working really yeah well honestly man the the whole secret to that and i'm more than willing to share it with any convention i remember uh we were up at a convention in kentucky i'd say six years ago andrea and i and we were sitting in uh this steakhouse right across from the convention center and we were eating our dinner and uh in walks uh gerald home and the oh shoot i can't remember the guy who played the raincore keeper gerald home god rest his soul such a sweet guy um he passed away like two years ago but uh so they walk in and there wasn't enough room for them at the steakhouse and they got turned away. And I was so shocked to see that a convention wouldn't 
treat their, they, literally it's in their name, guest star. And if a guest comes to your house, you treat them with respect. You make sure they have a place to eat. You make sure they have a place to sleep. You make sure that it's nice. You make sure people don't bother them. And that's all we do. I mean, honestly, man, it's, it's basic Southern hospitality. And that has, it's so lost nowadays what we do that people find it to be so much better and love it so much more. But honestly, it's just, they're our guests. We have to take care of them. And a lot of places just don't care. But the reason why is because they sign a contract and that's the end, you know? Right. Most, most convention promoters are not on site. They're on their jet. What's gonna be your job this con and how do you get any rest? Uh, as far as getting any rest, I, I try my best. I usually sleep during the year um, when the con <laughs> comes around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's less sleep. It's a lot more work. My job today is uh, what happens is if it makes it up to me and makes my walkie-talkie chirp, that's something that you know I have to go in and end up handling. And the, the reason why is because as much as I hate to say it, I mean, somebody has to pay the bills. And that person that's paying the bills is the one cutting the check. And if push comes to sub and you've got to tell somebody that you're paying money to to get back in line they come to me. Otherwise, I get to do interviews. I get to hang out. I get to see smiles. I get to shake hands. And that's the best part of my year, man, because uh, I don't know, man. We all, life is tough. Life is tough. And for five minutes, it doesn't have to be. Yep. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give that to people because that will help them to get to next year. You know what I mean? It, it really does, man. And, and those stories and when people post up or when people talk about it or when people come up and say, I like this or I like that or I can't believe this, it makes me so happy because it's hard to surprise people nowadays. And we're able to do that in spades. So it's super exciting, man. For a first-time congoer, those who are thinking of coming down, what, is the, what are the key things you say, here's what you probably should do to enjoy this at the fullest and to get as much out of it as you can? Uh, definitely take your time. Realize that you're not intended to get to everything. That's why we do it annually. There's more than a human can possibly get to in one day. Um, pick out the things you really, really want to do. Choose those first, and that way you know for a fact you got to do the things you wanted to do. Show up early. Wear comfortable shoes. Stay hydrated, because you only find that one out late at night. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, but that's about it. Just just go into it realizing that you're there to be around friends and same-minded people and just enjoy the experience instead of whatever little thing that you wanted to check off a box. It's not about the box. You know, it might be you might come to this convention and not go in the vendor room. You might sit out there and listen to a band all day, and that's just fine. I'm not here to tell you how to put a smile on your face. I'm just trying to give you options to do so. And lastly, where can people go to find out more information on either how to find out more about the Imperial Commissary or the convention itself or find out more about you? Absolutely. Actually, it's been become crazy. You can just literally Google Michael Haven Star Wars <laughs> and I come up everywhere. But um, no, you can go check it out. ICNashville.com is where everything about the convention is. You can also catch the free live stream. Uh, we're starting. We had some today with uh, Vanessa Marshall from Rebels. She was playing the new Star Wars. Uh, what is it? Survivor. Yeah, that's it. And uh, she was playing that on the Twitch live stream today. Like, you'll see fun stuff like that. And usually, I mean, that doesn't really happen with guest stars. But 
when Vanessa goes, hey, you know, what's this cool building? And I say, well, you know, it's a video game building. And she's like, I love video games. What do you got? And then she wants to play. Like Deborah Ann Wall, I, I, I met her to say hi. Uh, she's from uh, Daredevil and stuff like that. And she also has this new uh, Dungeons & Dragons TV show. Um, where she DMs and everything. So she's a legit nerd like us, which is cool. And uh, she goes, oh, you know, you know what's really cool about it is she said uh, the, the way that even like the Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, like there's a little dragon and there's like, there's little tiny things that make it just that much better. And that little thing, I mean, I'll tell you what, man, there's a big difference between a Sunday and a Sunday with a cherry on top. Well, Michael, I'm going to let you get back to it. Uh, I think it was probably just nice to have you sit down for a minute because yeah, I hey, feel man, like... it was great. I uh, might even eat like a bag of chips or something. <laughs> that would be a miracle. <laughs> Michael, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Dan Z from Coffee with Kenobi. And if you listen to one podcast this week, well, you should listen to Coffee with Kenobi. But if you listen to two podcasts this week, listen to the Rebel Base Card podcast. In a nutshell, it's a convention run by fans for fans in a way and there's a cool community here and, and where we're at right now is the podcast stage uh building which is run by ecpc tv they're a great crew they put on a great production and this is something they do for for groups like us um podcasters and media people and we get to have all sorts of fun um we get to watch intimate intimate interviews with celebrities you know today's been a huge star wars day we've had the cast of rebels on most of the day we just had uh actress from daredevil and it's just it, it's a ton of fun it's and there's a unlike other conventions there's kind of a sense of community uh a better a deeper sense of community uh the guys at the table next to us rule the galaxy we met them last year here um, and we started talking and we've been friends ever since. And so, and now we've got our table set up next to each other. I mean, uh, they've come on our show, we've been on their show. I mean, it's just, it, there's such a great relationship building here at this show. I don't think I have seen a space yet that was so inviting for podcasters. And like I said, when we see the equipment they're setting up, you have a great stage, great mics, all this, plus you have uh, ample room for folks to listen, but also it gives a place where if someone's coming in, you know, you, you capture the opportunity to go, hey, we may not be your bag, but you never know until you listen exactly. to us, right? Yep, yep, exactly. And the great thing about the podcast uh, space that they provide for us here is Michael is all about giving back to the people that give to the fandom. Uh, as he put it during, you know, COVID especially, when the, people couldn't get out and do a lot of things, it was podcasters, YouTubers, content creators that really kept the, the fresh new talk, uh, topics and talk and, and controversies even and kept it all rolling for us living alone at our homes, you know, because we couldn't go more than, you know, less than six feet from each other, so, or more than six feet. And so uh, he really gives back to this community in particular, the media community and gives us that nice space so that we can, again, it's just, it's fans working with fans about fandom, really. So what is your, what are the goals for the Hyperspace Heroes podcast being at here? Is it more of a meet and greet? Are you gonna do a show? What's, what's gonna be kind of your, your goal and mission? So uh, several goals. So we did our live stream this morning, uh, or actually earlier this afternoon, it felt like morning. Uh, <laughs> so we had our show, we did our live stream today. And then we have a table here in the podcast space today. Uh, yeah, meet and greet, just meeting people, meeting people like yourself, meeting other podcasts, uh, getting to meet some of the stars, um, and uh, just, yeah, getting the word out about our show. 
for, I know my cohort, Scruffy and DB, they're uh, into the collecting, so they've been in and out of the hall all day collecting. Uh, for me, I'm really big into the networking and just building community. Like I said, Rule the Galaxy guys, we're good friends with them now, you know, because we met here at this show last year. And uh, yeah, it's really just about that community building. Tell me a little bit about your show and how long you've been doing it and what kind of things could someone expect if they're wanting to check you guys out? Sure. Uh, we are an audio-only podcast because, as I like to say, we have faces for radio. So uh, uh, if you are if you don't get that joke, you're too young. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the uh, yeah, Hyperspace Heroes, we're on Spotify, Apple, all the major podcatchers. Uh, we just got onto Pandora, so we're on Pandora as well. Uh, and so you can find us on social, uh, Hyperspace Heroes Podcast on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we'd love to hear from people. Uh, give, us a, give us a listen, give us a try. Uh, we'd also, you can also get us a hold of us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. Awesome, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. What I love is when I come to cons and I learn something new, and I learn something new every time I come to one of these. And you had the, you had the rare privilege of being at the end, you're the, you're the T, intersection and you're just greeting everybody that's coming down here and you're just like come on come on you know i'm like you just like wave you it's like you want to wave that book but tell me about yourself and what are you doing so uh my name is dan adam uh, i'm getting ready to retire from the army after 24 years of active duty Ooh. service and i just wrote my first book and published it in november i've got the second book a direct sequel to that coming out the first of july and i'm here trying to build a better reader audience and sell my books well, first I've got to ask you, what's your MOS? Because I was National Guard. Ah, well, it was 25 Bravo, com computer technician. Um, did that for, again, 24 years. <laughs> um, Sounds like you're happy to be done with it, though. You, you know, 24 years is a long time to do anything, let alone the same job. Um, I, I'm going to miss the time in the Army, but yes, I'm ready to move on to other things. And let's talk about moving on to... Hey, Oddly enough, something called Leaving Earth. Talk to me about this book and how it got put together. So Leaving Earth is a uh, science fiction novel. It takes place roughly 30 years into the future from now. And it centers around the idea of testing a new type of space engine propulsion system. And in the middle of testing it, they tear open a black hole that threatens to destroy Earth. Um, so not small stakes. No, no not at all. Um, <laughs> grandest scheme of things. Um, and, and really the, the simplest idea just came to me I woke up after having a dream and I just rolled over, jotted it down, and the next day just started expanding it until it was a story. There is a leap though to go from I'm putting together my first novel to I am sitting here in Nashville yes. at this uh, convention. You've, I'm not sure whether you've done others, but talk to me about the, that leap to get to, to do conventions. So the first, the first big leap was having the idea and then writing the book. That, that was about a four year leap. Um, it did take me about four years to write the first one. Um, Self-publication, I had some help some, for, from some friends, and then my wife, oddly enough of all people, is a marketing expert, and she started signing me up for different events. This is actually my third public appearance. Um, done a, a, a book signing at a, a small, small library, um, small bookstore, um, and then we did a street vendor fair in Gallatin about a month ago. So this is my third event, but this is by far the biggest one ever. I'm curious, the conversations you're having with folks and what's been the reaction so far. Now, today is a VIP day, yes. so it's not the, the crushing, it's going to be a different crowd, but how are you working to kind of almost give an elevator pitch every 30 seconds? 
So in the past, it would have been like, hey, do you like science fiction? Well, that question kind of goes out the window here because everything here is science fiction. Um, so I've, I've... Do you like my science fiction? <laughs> well, again, I'm, I'm a no-name author. Nobody knows who I am, so I can't even ask that. Um, so just trying to pitch the idea of like what the book is about and trying to draw people in, um, it seems to be working. I, everything I've read about doing big comic conventions and stuff like this, they basically tell you don't expect any kind of sales for the first two days. Everything you're going to get is going to come come the last day. Well, I've already sold eight copies today. Nice. And I was extremely surprised about that. So hopefully the rest of the week weekend goes just as well. And in your line of work, weight matters. And so the more books that you take out the door today is less you have to A-pack and B-haul home. I'm sure you and your muscles are going to be quite happy about that. Yes, absolutely. It's like almost a little extra motivation. It's like, come on, please, get. The, you, want the, you want the book. You know you want the book. Yes. All right, and so if someone is not here at the convention and can get a hold of these, how are they going to get a hold of you so they can get a hold of Leaving Earth or whatever else you might be working on? So all my books are going to be available. The ones that are out now are already available on Amazon. The ones that are coming out will also be available on Amazon. Um, but I have several different social media channels between Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My handle is dpadam80. And then I also have a personal website for dpadam.com. Good luck this weekend, and I uh, hope you go back with an empty car. Me too. Thank you very much. Wendy, can you talk to me about what you are doing today? Yes, Greg. I am actually doing the cutesy side of Star Wars. We're doing stationery. We're doing stickers. We're doing some glasses and postcards. You know, just kind of making it fun. I love the stationery. Now that I'm kind of taking a go at this because... My friend Greg Cass, uh, we do a podcast together, we'll do like a show recap, and he does these notes, and I'm like, this actually, I'm gonna have to maybe get something for this. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Stationary, yes, because Greg, if you saw the stationary, you'd be like, yes, Greg, I, I need to get this. What, it determines in your mind, what looks good on this or that, or what type of medium? I see glasses, I see, you know, mugs and all this. What makes a good what? What do people use? Most people, use paper most people use glasses I mean so why not let's just put something on it that everybody likes for yourself is this how many times have you done this how many cons this is actually my first time Whoa! I was here to support my husband Dan that you talked to before and so I just went with it honestly and I said okay if I'm gonna be there to support you why don't I make something I'm the artist behind his book so hey I saw another booth where basically, yeah, the, the spouse basically, the guy had to go do something and the spouse basically was set back and I was like, yeah, talk to him tomorrow. But here I think it's nice because you get to support, but also this is completely different from him. Yes. I would say the presentation, she's got more swag, Dan, I'm sorry. I've got <laughs> one got, thing that I've done. And, and what I was saying before about the, uh, the weight, yeah, I'm sure you really want like, selling the book is fine. But selling this stuff is less you have to put back in the car, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and how much did you decide first time? How much did you, what do I bring down? How much of it? And, and what have you figured out already in your first day? I just started to create. And what I could create in that time frame is what I brought. I have order forms for the t-shirts that I knew that I wouldn't be able to make 500 for. So I just kind of got creative and went with it. And what were some of the reactions from folks today that you met? Obviously, it's a VIP-only type day, so it's a lesser crowd. Tomorrow, do you think you're ready for tomorrow, too? It's my first time. 
But you know what? I'm ready for anything. I can take it. Yep. I definitely want to come back and see both of you at the end of this because I'll be curious, just like with every one of these vendors on here, you know, what a larger venue. I think you folks get the, you know, the luxury of getting a venue that allows people to breathe. I feel air moving through here. We'll yeah, see what happens tomorrow. But if folks are not here, where can they find you and your stuff? I have an Etsy store right now. So it's Etsy.com shop and it's smell and sparkle. Good luck. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is Ian Taylor of the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. And you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. So if you don't mind me asking, we're sort of outside uh, outside ICCC, just waiting to get in. Uh, and I happen to be with a couple of uh, really nice mercs. But I kind of wanted to. I kind of want to see. I, I think you're agreeing. Nice, the lines moving. Just from what you're seeing so far, what are some things you're looking forward to today, and what you're seeing? Some are you seeing some immediate differences in the venue? Yeah, absolutely. As far as I'm just looking down the the floor layout on the website, it definitely looks like there's going to be more room to maneuver through. And you know, last year I've going through security was a bottleneck. I like I said we waited in line for almost two hours to get in, and so the line is certainly moving a lot quicker. And um, certainly uh, from the food choices too. I mean, we're foodies, so um, you know, last year, you know, previous years are very limited on the food availability. And there's going to be like 12 food trucks here today, so quite a bit of variety. You know, the lines will be short for the food, so it's really just about crowd management. In a lot of these cases here, I mean, they do a good job of of having different vendors and speakers and, and things to do. It's just um, you got to be able to manage the crowd to be able to take advantage of all those things. And how long did it take you to put together your outfit? And do you actually do you have a name for yourself? So it took, a, this is, a, it evolves. Um, we started this, this is our, what we call our phase two. We started it in 2017 and, um, and we make refinements all the time. So really it, the basic layout is, uh, was done pretty much at one time, but just refining how the fit and form and from a comfortability point of view, it's taken about three years to get it to where we're at now. I think it's also got to be tough that you have to design your outfit and you know it's like I think it's a roll of the dice as far as like the weather and is it going to be too hot or too cold and really maneuver uh, maneuverability inside can you speak to that a bit oh yeah I mean one thing we wanted right from the get-go is ergonomics this armor was designed to be totally functional uh, a lot of times you see people in armor at conventions having a hard time picking things up off the ground or kneeling down in my armor, I'm capable of fully going prone and standing back up unassisted. Um, so, comfortability was something that we were always trying to get. Movability, um, and now we finally like got the comfortability to go with the mobility that we have in this armor. So it's all all tuned in quite quite well. And I also noticed the props that you have as well. Uh, these look really authentic and they're well, and I do like how they're hooked on. Mm -hmm. So the the DC-15 that I'm carrying uh, is all scratch built. This Between the two of us, we have 100 hours into this prop alone. And um, it's got a full, uh, it's got a sound card microprocessor. We wrote the code for it. We wrote the lighting sequences. This is all like, this, is, this was a passion project. <laughs> um, everything else, uh, more or less, is either 3D printed. But what we've gone and done is completely gutted them, carved out all of the, the infill and put in electronics. Um, again, using the same uh, electronic suite that's in my DC-15, we have uh, blaster sounds, a thermal detonator with a working timing sequence. Um, 
the uh, the thermal detonator, we took the 13 seconds that it runs in um, Return of the Jedi and cut it up into smaller sound pieces that could fit on the board. The, uh, the, the timing beep was actually just one loop of the timer because the, the sound file was too, too, it was too big for the sound card. So cut that down to one loop and it just repeats infinitely until disarmed. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the DC-15 was a scratch built. It's made of just MDF. You can look at a few things here. Uh, this is just aluminum. This is actually a zip tie. And um, so just completely 100% scratch built. Whereas my E3 is a combination of 3D printing and also some um, MDF. And uh, so this is a little bit of practicality, but some 3D printing. But again, everything's been gutted on the inside. We have electronics. And um, we use... Uh, Arduino type programming for the devices, for the sound card, and um, and also the the processor. What kind of uh, questions or what kind of reactions uh, do you get and kind of look forward to getting at these? It's obviously not your first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, so we, we just really like um, talking to the, um, to to anybody, and um, so this one of the, the things that conversation we had coming over is how we we meet people at the celebrations, and sometimes we meet them for multiple celebrations. And just how we talk to people and and um, we kind of inspire each other for what we do and uh, so there's a story that we went and searched chicago 20 uh 2019 celebration so i met a father and he had one of his sons there and this was their first celebration and of course we were all kitted out and um he said well that looks really cool and we're just talking about you know the the cool thing about this is that you know no no matter who you are in real life you know being able to step outside yourself and become a different character a different persona and just run with it go with it have fun with it and so I was having that conversation with him. And then uh, two years later, three years later, he sees me in Anaheim. He said, hey, I, I know you. And um, so he started talking. He said, I want to let you know you inspired me. He brought his whole family over. So he brought the entire family and they, everybody was in costume. He said, you inspired me to do this as a family event and to get in character and be these characters. And uh, he said, I really appreciate that. So that was really interesting to see. And he recognized me out of... There was probably 30,000 people at any given time at that event. So that was really interesting. So to see how you inspire people. What about yourself as far as like now, You will you roll with the helmet on or will you kind of go on and off today? Uh, so, well, there are many ways. So <laughs> it gets sweaty underneath the helmets. And we've been meaning to put in fans, but uh, sometimes the practicality sometimes beats out the character. But uh, I think our, our limit at the last celebration was we kept the helmets on for about an hour for photo shoots. You, you, you get in character and you start like feeling it you, you just stick like it sticks to you like as much as the sweat and armor does <laughs> uh, and you, you forget after you forget about it after a while like you again Star Wars is for everybody and you get like the little kids come and run up to the Mandalorian it's like it's the Mandalorian so like you have to stay in character for that and it's empowering like I mean you're inspiring these imaginations and stuff it's it's you know, there's nothing like it, really. <laughs> so cool. Hey, and just so uh, folks, like, I'm, I'm sure you may have a, like, you know, an online presence at least to kind of showcase your stuff, or if not, get on that. Um, where could people go if they, like, wanted to kind of see what you're doing or, like, where you get, like, maybe pictures you're posting today or whatnot? Oh, sadly, we don't actually have an online presence for our Mandalorians. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, need to get on that, but uh, pending. 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 All right. We'll tell you what, uh, if you don't mind, your name? I am Kadik Nuxuit, and this is my father, uh, Torx Nuxuit. And in real life? 
I'm Logan Couch and... Todd Couch. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for giving me a little time today, gentlemen. Hello there. This is Greg Cass at Ion Cannon, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Look who we found, and we're in his hometown. Corey Club, one half, of, one half. of CWK Poro, yes. or the, what is it, the co-creator, co-creator. of Coffee with Kenobi, because yes, I hear sir. Dan saying that all the time. Yep. How are you, and what brings you here today? Uh, we're here. We're having a blast. I think uh, they've got a great setup here. We've been doing all day Saturday. We got a photo op, which my two sons are with me, and uh, it's been a blast. He was he was charming. He was great. Uh, and we was It was almost like a lightning-fast thing. Got a photo, in and out, and it was, you know, done. But the kids had a blast. It was fun. And so uh, we walked the floor, did photos, uh, saw all the booths. It's been a great experience. I wanted to ask, because you're no stranger to conventions and also autographs and, and pictures <laughs> and whatnot, how did this compare? Is it together? How do, how do you feel you compare this to other places? I, I thought this was on the level of, like, Indiana Comic Con, kind of that mid-level con. Uh, there's definitely a lot of big names here, a lot of things to do. I like the outdoor pavilion, walking out. They have the food vendors out there. Uh, obviously, there's some gaming and stuff out, stuff out there, and uh, just random kind of little things to do other than just the main floor. So I think it was a nice setup to be able to go in and out and be able to do what you want to do. Um, tons of vendors. I mean, there's just tons of people doing crafts, doing their own thing. I saw some great artwork uh, out there, people doing uh, incredible artwork there. And then tons of, like, toys and games and stuff like that. Just, like, if you're looking for something, this is kind of the place to be if you're looking, you know, for a con. It's mid-level. It's a nice price to get in. Uh, like I said, big names to be able to see people and sign stuff. So it's been great. Well, and one last thing on that. You know, you got your boys with you. And yeah. what I think that you'd have to agree is, you know, the family aspect of not only having an inexpensive way here, but then you go, hey, that money can be used <laughs> elsewhere. What do you think about you know, like the family side of this? Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's definitely family friendly. I mean, there's a lot of things to do, uh, people to meet. And this is kind of their big first uh, invitation to a con. Uh, my oldest graduated high school. He's like, I want to do something cool, you know. Uh, and so it was basically him. Uh, I brought this up. Charlie Cox came up to be a, a guest. And he's like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So kind of his graduation excitement and, and um award for gradu- graduating so he's been excited to do that and again family friendly like you said it's been great because you can actually there's cosplayers um every i think i said a lot of families here too a lot of folks here just enjoying themselves i've been everyone is super nice inviting and easy to talk to so i'd, I'd come again for sure excellent and your impression you, so you had a, you had a picture with charlie cox what, oh yeah what do you feel about that honestly it was it's an exciting moment, you know. It's kind of my first time seeing like like a big name in person, and uh, it was an eye eye opening experience. Really, um, it's close to me, and yeah, I think it's just great, good experience. As far as expectations, did they meet your expectations or did they exceed it? Uh, definitely uh, met it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a cool experience. Yeah, they definitely exceeded. Um, it was great because it's like he had his routine, oh, bang, bang, boom, you were in and out. It was great, really. Awesome. What are some of the other things that you are kind of like either excited to see or have seen and you go, wow, I didn't, I didn't expect that? Honestly, it's all these people coming together and like having their stuff, like, oh, this is what I do, just like the fantastic artwork, all these different styles. And that's what really surprised me, everybody showing off their art. It was really impressive. And kind of last question, you know, a lot of times, like, I, you know, no stranger to having kids and dragging the cons. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you feel about this experience and doing it with your dad? It was very fun, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I did it with him. 
It was great. And, you know, we just followed him around. He, he knows where to go. He knows what to do. He knows how to do it. He's been to plenty of them. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was really nice. Well, thank you very much, and congratulations, Bob. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I always want to say, you know where to tell me to go so people can follow you and, sure. of course, the other things you do. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter, at Quake Club. You can talk to me there. Star Wars is always a, a place to be able to talk to. I love talking about that. Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram, any place there, Quarry Club there. And, uh, you know, if you want to reach out and email, C at officekenobi.com. Hey, this is Jay Lynn Warner, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Pot. Re- ah, Rebel Base Card. It's not as easy as it looks, is it? I, no, it's not. <laughs> Let's do that again. Oh, I'm keeping this one. (laughs) This is, yeah. Mark Truax. And Jennifer Truax. So I've got a couple of swag hunters with me, but I am curious about not only the patches that you have there, but I see this red case. It's got tons of patches. Can you talk to me about it? And what is its purpose? Um, I got it to keep the patches organized. And I got it at Ross. It was like seven bucks. And the different compartments come out. So you can rearrange them, and depending on the different, and it's got different size boxes so that you have different size patches, squares, rounds, some that are really long that don't fit in regular size, uh, your pouches or something like that. So it was just an easier way to organize it, and it's easy to see through. The follow-up question, you're going to love this. Please tell me how you organize your patches, because I'm dying to find out now. In this box, I have them organized by... One bin is all 501st patches, one bin is all uh, classic Star Wars, one's all my patches, and then the oversized patches. What I also love about this case is the fact that it's got that see-through area, so you can, instead of like taking a collectible, putting it in a, in, a, in, a, in a box or something like that, that's something that you could probably just pull out and enjoy, even flip through, even just kind of relax yourself. I keep a lot of my patches in oh, CD cases, the old-fashioned flip ah. CD cases, so it's like a book, so I can look at them, and I also have a wall in a, our hallway in our house full of framed patches that takes up the entire wall. And she will corroborate this story and tell me either that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? I have a very understanding <laughs> wife. We've been together for over 30 years, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, she's... I figured if I had to give him an outlet somewhere or it, it was going to blow up. So he, he has the hallway. He, we have lightsabers on one side, patches on the other. Everyone's happy. What kind of got you the bug to get into patches? A gentleman who runs the Line Force Club, his name's William Craig Jr. Um, I started trading a little bit. Um, my son and I used to go to a celebration and I got a couple and I thought they were really cool. Um, and Will and I connected online, and he sent me a literally a box full of patches that he had that were extra, just so I could get started in it. And it's just snowballed from there. Now I make my own. I've been part of puzzle patches. I've created my own puzzle patch groups. We've been doing it for since 2017. So yeah, so we have quite a few that we've been uh, we've been doing. It's a lot of fun, and you get to meet so many people just doing the swag trading in itself. This is the first time she's participated uh, today was in a big swag trade. And she got to meet, you know, 40, 50 people that she normally wouldn't have met. And, it, you know, just walking around at a con. It's, it's a great way to meet people. And for people who aren't really good at meeting people, it's a great icebreaker. Well, firsthand, how did it feel? It, it was great. Everybody was just, you know, so kind and, and so happy and so welcoming. It, it really was a lot of fun. Like you said, it was a lot of fun to be able to meet everybody and... We had a really good time. 
Uh, you were yeah. telling we were talking before about the armor. You have this really awesome bag. Can you talk about what what happened with the bag? Yeah, you know. So I was standing online during trying to get one of the patches, and all of a sudden I felt this tug on the back of my bag, and you know, it made me jumpy. Like, who's going for a right bag? And I turn around, and who is it? But it is the armorer <laughs> herself <laughs> looking at my bag. So that was great. And I'm also kind of burying the lead here because I see we got 501st shirts. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that. I've been in the 501st since 2017 um, in the Florida Garrison and the uh, Mikazi squad. Um, she does some of the handling that, you know, she doesn't actually dress up in costume. That, that's my thing. But I loved it. 501st is a great organization. We do all charity work, especially I know the group that I'm with. We raise money for Give Kids the World, and it's a great charity, and it's just a lot of fun, you know, being around the kids and seeing them smile and, and everything. It's, it's, it's rewarding. What's your outfit? I am working on a Thai pilot, and I have a Thai reserve. I had a chance to see some of the Florida Garrison at Central Florida Comic Con earlier this year, but I think... Florida has been growing nicely. Now, I, I spent some time in Central Florida over in St. Pete, so I know that a lot of folks are going, you know what, there wasn't a lot there, but you know, with, with Megacon, with some of these other ones that I've seen there, it seems like it's getting nicer. Uh, Megacon is actually, I think, now the fourth largest convention in the U.S., and we do a group booth every year now at Megacon. It's the 501st, the Rebel Legion, the Saber Guild, and the Mandalorian Mercs. Wow. We have we we create a little village. It's totally immersive when you come in, and it's it's great to see all the groups work together. And it's one of our largest donation uh, times too. As a handler, what's your job? To make sure that people are safe, people are organized, and get them from point A to point B. So a lot of moral support. And then lastly, where can people find more about the Florida Garrison and what you're kind of up to? Florida Garrison, uh, you can go to fl501st.com. Um, that's the, the Garrison's website, and it's got all the different squads, depending on what part of Florida you're in. Uh, it tells you what's going on and how to join as well. So I saw this booth yesterday. I was walking through, and then the only thing that stuck in my head was the fact that there is a wampa on a hockey jersey. So I had to come by and check this out. Please do me a favor. Who, am I, who, who, who do I have the pleasure to address? And we're playing hockey in the middle of ICC. I love it. I am Brent Thompson, and I'm the uh, captain and general manager of the Nashville Wampas, officially sponsored by ICCC. So talk to me a little bit about the, the club league and like how did it get formed and what happened? This is our 10th uh, season. So yeah, it, it started, uh, I was on another team and I got kicked off. <laughs> and uh, me and other, some of the other guys, we want to make our own team. And I was just like, you know, what's a better... Uh, mascot for a hockey team than a mindless ice creature so that's why we went with wampas <laughs> and also no stranger to a cold weather game yeah per it's perfect and lucasfilm hadn't sued me sued me yet so yeah we're doing good <laughs> so what are some of the like teams that you play against and like how many different teams well i haven't been a team so long i mean we've, we've played against you know dozens of teams but like right now uh they, they all kind of have ironic names or whatever like What'll be the Red Rockets, so you, you can imagine what that signifies. And then uh, there's the high T boys like Testosterone, and then uh, the Mighty Drunks instead of the Ducks. Uh, just stuff like that. We play all those kind of teams. We have though, we have played a few Star Wars teams through the years. There was a Rogue Squadron. They had like orange uniforms, like like the uh, pilots, you know, do. So that was pretty cool. But hockey must be a lifelong passion for you. 
Yeah, I grew up in Detroit, which is, you know, it's always been huge up there with the Red Wings. And I, I always wanted to play as a little kid, but the rink was too far away. It was too expensive. And uh, we'd just play on the ponds, you know, growing up. So uh, when, I, when I actually moved back to Nashville uh, 2008 or so, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start playing hockey, like bucket list kind of thing. So uh, I started with roller hockey. I, ice was a little intimidating. And then I, I slowly got into ice. And then I started the Wampas in 2013. If somebody's playing, is it a prerequisite that they are a huge Star Wars fan? Or are you like, hey, no, no. you look like you could protect me on my wing. <laughs> it's more about, yeah, who can protect me on the wing, yeah, get me out of the scrums. But uh, so, some of the dudes know it, you know, I mean, it's obviously, you know, they at least have a passing idea if I explain. You know, remember Empire Strikes Back, they're on that snow planet and he gets attacked by that Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they get it. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot of Star Wars geeks on the team. <laughs> And the, and the younger guys are into Harry Potter and all that crap anyway, so it's just like, they just get, they just think it looks cool. And so if people want to get more information about the Wampas, is there an online presence? There is, yeah. Go to wampashockey.com, and uh, we're Wampas Hockey on all the socials too, so give, give us a follow. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Romeo from the Vintage Star Wars Club, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Car Podcast. Great pull, kid. We're going to get to the good stuff, the art, but you got to talk to me about Charlie Cox. So I ended up trading my art print. I did 15 of them in the holographic style. Uh, the cast really seemed to like them, so they all signed mine. And they're all going around signing theirs, so that's pretty cool. You know, one of the things I think has been on my bucket list is to get the, the photo. And here we have both Daredevil and Kingpin. Talk about what was it like kind of standing between them? It had to be surreal, right? Yeah. Almost felt like, uh, please don't start fighting, guys. <laughs> Saw y'all beat the, the hell out of each other in your show. So now, what I see here is a bunch of sketch cards. You do, you have done work for Tops and sketch cards and so forth. How long you been doing it, and what sets would we have seen you in? So, almost three years now. My first set would have been the Mandalorian season two. Kind of bugged them and bugged them and bugged them. You know, I love drawing the Mando, Baby Yoda. Uh, so eventually, you know, I got that invite for that. Uh, since then, I've done Bounty Hunters, Chrome Galaxy, Chrome Legacy, Star Wars Finest, Masterwork 22, 2021 and 2022, and Mandalorian Chrome. What's it like when you see some of me posting online, when they're pulling one of your cards, what's it got to feel like? It's pretty surreal, honestly. And, you know, I, I like to check on... Uh, eBay and things, see where things have been pulled. Seen some in South Korea, uh, Australia, Japan. So that's kind of the whole reason we do this thing. Basically, we find ourselves both at a toy show. Um, what are some of the reactions you've been getting and some of the interactions? How are they at, at this kind of a show? It's good. It's, you know, sort of a niche thing, the cards. But, you know, we're at a vintage convention and uh, Tops did the vintage Star Wars cards. So there's definitely a market for that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's not a whole lot of conventions that you would find where you have five Lucasfilm licensed artists doing this. So there's probably a hundred of us in the world at any one time doing trading card sets. So pretty surreal having everybody here. Do you find, like, I know um, some people will have, like, commissions, they'll work on things or they'll take commissions. Is that the case for you or is this just more of a, some people don't like to draw when they're at here, but how do you feel about all that? 
It depends on what the, the subject is. I feel like I'm going to do my better work, not distracted by all the cool <laughs> stuff going on around. But, you know, I'll definitely take commissions and stuff. And then just kind of lastly, I want to make sure people can find you online and find this amazing art. And I'm, I'm just sitting here just in awe of this Daredevil print. But uh, where can they find you? The Art of Andrew Perkins. So you can add me, Andrew Perkins, on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, just my regular profile, nothing special. We can be r real friends on there. So, <laughs> Andrew, it was a pleasure meeting you. And uh, congratulations again on the, on the great picture and getting some of that art. Thanks, brother. Pleasure meeting you too, man. There's nothing I like better than any excuse to get behind a booth because it's just a different world back here. I have another Tops artist with me who do I have the pleasure of because A, we're meeting for the first time. It is true. Nice. I like that handshake. Multitasking here. Talk to me about, introduce yourself and what you do. Uh, well, my name is Corey Payne. Uh, I am originally from Central West Virginia. I uh, just got picked up by Tops. I believe it was last year, the 22 Galaxy Chrome set was my very first set. I had just sent in my third set to get approved. Uh, so I'm waiting on any confirmation on that stuff. But I usually, uh, I'm a traditional artist. I do pencils, pen, markers, nothing crazy. And I'm just trying to keep up with the rest of these guys. When I see this as far as like, you know, doing medium in like in this size and then doing it at scale, how much did you have to kind of change your workflow in order to meet the demands of top? Uh, I would say speed just as, as a bare minimum, I, and that's probably my worst <laughs> characteristic is just how fast I have to work. Um, but yeah, some of the deadlines that they have to deal with, I mean, they're, they're asking some of these artists to do, you know, 100 plus cards in less than two weeks. And it, it's my, my shortest deadline has been, I believe, right at two weeks so far to do 45, 50 cards. So it's definitely been a hard 180, a crazy change of pace from just being able to sit down and, you know, take an entire day to just zone out and go at my own pace. So it, it's been an interesting learning curve, to say the least. At a convention like this, and I was talking, you know, talking to Andrew about this, it's like, this is sort of, it's non-traditional, but it's, it, it seems to be almost a perfect fit. Can you talk about your experience here so far and what do you think's working for you? Well, as just a nerd in general, I have no complaints about the show. Everything so far has been fantastic. Um, the variety of vendors, the variety of items, uh, uh, signatures, signers, artists, everybody's here and it's awesome. Being an artist, like you said, behind the booth, it's interesting to see what sells and what doesn't. Uh, and it's interesting to see the conversations and the variety of people that come to something like this. We know that people have flown in from the Philippines and from Norway, and even myself, I drove about 10 hours to get here. So it's just, it's a nice, fresh batch of diversity. <laughs> and have you been able to slip away and see some things? What, what, what's been the most favorite thing you've seen so far? Um, any of the celebrities. Uh, first thing this morning, I got to uh, wait in line for Ian McDermott. Uh, he and John Reese davies are both the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Um, I got a, a, a characteristic, stereotypical laugh out of both of them, and that was the most heartwarming moment of the entire day, was just, I, I, like I said, they're so nice just meeting regular people. And it's, it's kind of surreal, because like I said, I'm in my own little corner of the middle of nowhere in West Virginia, 
so I'm not even used to the four and five lanes of traffic kind of deal. And then I come down here and see some of these people that I've been idolizing for years and following their footsteps and trying to uh, gain influence from any of them. And it's just, it's a really cool day. And so people can find your art. Where can they find you? Yes. You got the socials? I actually, over the holiday season, just got all of my stuff hacked. Uh, oh, no. So all of my Facebook, all of my Instagram, all of my old stuff is completely inaccessible to me now. So all of my Facebook and Instagram is now under Corey Payne Art. That is C-O-R-Y-P-A-Y-N-E. Uh, and that is on Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. Corey, it was a pleasure meeting you Absolutely. and uh, good luck for the rest of the con. Thank you very much. At first glance, you, can go, you could almost be forgiven to think that this wasn't like real, like real folks in this, but Upon further looking, these are action figures in very dramatic poses and lighting and so forth. Can you talk to me about how this comes to be and what made you kind of decide to get into it? Um, I started actually with my younger son. And uh, we just started taking photos one day and just realized it came out really good. And we just kind of expanded it from there. And uh, luckily enough, I met a few people through ICC and started doing conventions. And now we're just expanding onto that trying to get my name out there. Let me ask you this. Who's your favorite subject of the of the Star Wars characters that I'm here, and who do you have the hardest time with? My favorite would probably be Ezra. That's my favorite character to work with. The hardest one would probably be Vader. Really? Yeah. It's just the figure itself is just so hard to photograph. And uh, just with the darkness of the figure, just to get the right lighting, it's just so hard to do. Um, but I like it the more challenging it makes it more worthwhile to work with than just the easier ones. And what type of figure are you using? I know, you know, we're here at a toy convention, and oh, so yeah. it, you know, types matter. Yeah, I use uh, a lot of Black Series, and I also use a lot of uh, three, uh, 3.5, uh, 75 inch, the three quarters. So it's just a mix of what I want to do. Uh, like, for example, this Rebels cast one here is a three quarter inch. So if I have something in the background, I use the smaller ones so they don't overcast it, just to make it look more realistic. And my goal is to make them look realistic and not like toys. What are some of the comments you're getting from folks who are stopping by and, and checking these out? And I guess a follow-up question is, what are you running out of? A lot of the comments are just, what are they? A lot of them think they're hand-drawn or paintings, and then they look at them and they're actually photographs of figures, and they're like, wow. And uh, even the actors themselves are surprised by them. And uh, lately, I'm just really running low on photos. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. And if someone's not here at ICCC, where could they find you if you have an online presence? Um, I'm on Facebook. It's uh, Alex Salazar on Facebook. And uh, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Matt. I'm a radar technician. And you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. This is a great show for me as a nerd because I've spent oodles of money on created toys that I don't have in my collection yet. So, um, yeah, this is my vacation weekend where I wasn't coming to this show to, to start, but I am so glad that I did because I'll come again next year just to, to come shop. Um, the only thing I don't like about this show is the fact that there is so many more variants on vintage toys that I never knew existed. <laughs> and now I feel like an idiot again, and I have to go back to the drawing board on learning all these different little imperfections and variants and things that, you know, just 
Only the diehard guys know. When he came out of Anaheim, mm -hmm. when I saw the smile on Ross's face coming out of that and, you know, and the bare skin, right? You know, when someone makes a commitment like that, you know, to, to give a portion of their con, that, that has to kind of make feel like, well, you're spending a little bit of time with us and we're kind of doing something together. Meaning what, though, as far as the client dedicating the space to the artist or the artist dedicating the art to the client? I think that's it's a, both. That's a little bit of both, right? That's right, because you are going to be with that person for a number of time. It's like if your people skills aren't necessarily there, right. you could be the best artist and, you know. Well, and you've got the same questions. It doesn't matter if it's out of a 7-year-old's mouth or a 70-year-old's mouth. They all want to know, does it hurt? Does it bleed? Um, you know, how much is your tattoos? It's like going to a car dealership and asking how much their cars are. It's going to be all over the place. You've got different variety. Um, but there's still rapport you have to build with those people because even if they're not a client right now, they could be in the future. Or you don't want to, you know, if a client wants to get a tattoo but their small child's there, you still need to let them know, hey, go enjoy the show. You know, the kids are only going to sit still for so long. So go enjoy the, the show you just paid and you waited an hour to get in the door for and then we'll be done we'll call you when we're done so everybody wins and if somebody wants to do a little more research to find out like what their first steps are you know when, when they are themselves a blank canvas what would you suggest or where would you send them I mean, if they're looking for one of our artists at a show to, to contact us they just email us um, through the website or Instagram Everything filters back to me. So if somebody's answering you through an email, it's me. If anybody's answering you through Instagram, it's me. More than I'd like to admit. But it's, yeah, we get, we get a lot of emails. Um, but it's not, um, if it's somebody that's got a real question, not like, you know, your, your extended warranty is about to expire, <laughs> um, <laughs> then I, I respond back to them and answer any questions that they have. What's a good email address then? Um, email address, they could just do mark at infusionempire.com or just go to Infusion Empire on Instagram. Like I said, that's the easiest way, and then I'll respond back to them with the email address in case they forget because it's kind of lengthy. Mark, thank you so much. Sure, absolutely. Thanks. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Once again, I want to thank all my guests for being on the program tonight. It was a pleasure to get a chance to meet and talk with everybody, um, old friends and new. Uh, what a great, great time. And also, once again, thanks to Michael Havens and the Imperial Commissary for hosting a great show and inviting me down as press. Uh, it was nice to get uh, a little additional access, but I think... Uh, you would agree if you made it this far. Uh, I I brought you the goods. Uh, what a what a great group of folks. Um, what an amazing time we had down there. And uh, just can't say enough. And also thankful that we got this one in the pipe and got this show out. Um, just so we can kind of give you an idea of uh, just just a taste of what it's like down there. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. All right, I'm gonna let Card Squadron take it out. Plenty more good stuff, folks. Just stay tuned. Appreciate you subscribing and doing all that kind of stuff. Love the support. I'm going to let Card Squadron take it out, and we'll talk real soon. The Rebel Base Card Podcast focuses on cards, collecting, and the Star Wars community, and appreciates you coming along for the ride. If you have any feedback for this episode, you can reach out to the program in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM Greg on Instagram at Rebel Base Card. Make sure to also follow the Rebel Base Card on Twitter and Facebook 
at rebelbasecard. If you want, you can send an email to greg at rebelbasecard.com. And you can find show notes for this and all episodes on the website rebelbasecard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app, and just about every other one, you can find Greg at CornFedTech. The Rebel Base Card uses the hashtag CardSquadron as a way to alert friends about cool cards and recent drops in the galaxy far, far away. It's a great way to bring our community a little bit closer together and help one another finish our sets in time. We collect, communicate, and commiserate. Well, at least when we run out of credits or crystals to spend on our digital collections. Join the fun, even if all the other cool squadron names were already taken. And remember, we collect as one and would be honored if you join us. And if you are a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, and want to talk about your work, your craft or passion, drop Greg a line. I'm sure he'd love to hear your story. You can also help the show by leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you got this episode. Otherwise, the mission is clear. Keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, and the Rebel Base card will return soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.